Y'all know the Yogi Bear wears a tie and a hat? But nothing so else. That. We're going down some really weird territory. He wears, yeah. It's a it's just a collar. It's just a collar and a tie. There's no shirt attached Maybe to the fur collar. Is the shirt. It's a fur shirt. <laughs> fur shirt. Fur shirt. For sure, Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by a door that goes both ways. I'm your host, Patrick Hervey, and I'm joined today by three of the four Goblin Valley Dogs, Jason Lamprick, Dan Lyons, and Zach Burnham. What's up, my dudes? I was here yesterday. It goes, it, it, it definitely goes both ways. <laughs> I was at Goblin Valley yesterday <laughs> it goes both ways <laughs> it goes both ways uh, dan, dan has a permanent house in goblin valley that he frequents very often right dan what frequents <laughs> that's, that's, that's french i, I, I definitely frequent it totally cogent man all right um so cogent last, last week we uh we ran through dime zach's eastern conference power rankings and all of our over unders that we will surely uh be embarrassed by by the end of the season or at least i will i'm already second guessing some of the uh the hot takes i had last week this week we're heading over to the west to do the same thing and unfortunately I think the West is going to be even more difficult, even more of a logjam with all the, the talented teams that we have. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and kick things over to our guy, DZ Burnham, to uh, walk us through the West. Take it away, Zach. All right. So doing the Western Conference Power Rankings this week, if you guys remember, I've categorized all of the teams into six tiers with a little special title for each one uh, based on their chances to represent the Western Conference in the finals or to win the finals. These are not our rankings of how they're going to end the regular season. And in many cases, a team may be higher in the power rankings and actually lower in the standings uh, according to how we evaluate them. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and start down at the bottom in our tier six, which is should have used a bigger slice. These are the teams that I do not see any realistic, logical reason for them to be in the playoff conversation at all. I have only two teams in this category. At number 15, we have the Portland Trail Blazers. And at number 14, we have the San Antonio Spurs. Guys, what do you think? Does that sound right? Should anyone else be in this category? What's your take? Uh, I, I think it sounds right. I mean, I, I'm struggling a little bit with the Rockets. Um but we can talk about them in a minute because I'm on the fence at, at where I, I I think they have enough veteran talent um, to potentially have the potentially have the potential to make the playoffs. Um, Two years away but from I do having think, the potential. <laughs> I do think the Blazers and the Spurs are the uh, the, the right decisions. I just want to throw out we were talking kind of pre pod before we started recording just about Victor Wembanyama, man, and about the out-of-body experience that I think all of us have had watching him. And honestly, some of uh, the players on the court have had watching him. I don't know if you guys saw that Thomas Bryant clip that's going around Twitter slash X right now of his face after Wemby dunked over him Space Jam style. He just looks that's like, why we love, like, what just happened? That's why we love Thomas Bryant. Just wears the oh, emotions the on the sleeve. I love him. 
Baby oh, Laker. Vic, man. Just absolute insane stuff. No no guy that's 7'4 should be able to do what he does, putting the ball on the floor and just, it's, yeah, insane. I'm kind of like, why why, why didn't it look like this in Summer League? Like, why? Dude, I had the, the same question. Summer League question. and preseason. Like, did he put on weight? Did he, was he just kind of like uh, easing into things? Didn't he only um, play like a lot half of good... a game in summer league, or like a, a he game played and a couple half, games, like that? yeah, like a game. And a, but he didn't look; he honestly did not look great. And I was like, "That's why yeah. some of my takes up to this point have been I expected him to not be great on offense." And then he comes out in these two preseason games and he looks incredible. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I was wrong, wrong, yeah, <laughs> wrong." <laughs> um, I'm just going back to the power ranking thing. This I think this is very generous to the Rockets to not put them in this tier. I think they cheered when they heard Zach say that. Um, I think they have talent, and I think in the East they might be in the second worst tier, but in the West I think they got to be in the worst tier um, because I just don't see I don't see any any chance here uh, at at them being competitive. I'll give you my yeah. reason why. There's one reason why. They have a lot of pieces to make a move. And if they make that move, they could possibly be in the playoffs. The Spurs, I mean, I guess you could maybe make that argument, but I think there's still multiple pieces and guys' development away. Even if they went and got some really good player, they're not going to be in the playoffs. The Rockets, they want to win. So we'll talk about them a little bit more, but that's the reason. I mean, I know that the Rockets want to win because they got Dylan Brooks on their team. Sorry, world champion Dylan Brooks. Wait, no. Not puncher. I mean, world champion. <laughs> Wait, is he? No, he's not a world champion. No, he's, he's, a, he's third, definitely not. Third, third, third definitely not. not. Sorry. Bronze medalist, baby. He still baby. knows how to win. He still knows how to win on a world stage. Third place. I don't think they give gold, silver, bronze medals at the FIBA World Cup. I think it's like... I don't, I don't. I don't think you get to wear a medal no. for that. It gets a, it gets, I don't know. Dylan Brooks has it's just third place. Though he's probably you a champion nothing. in his own mind. That's true. That's true. I could see he him did, start calling uh, himself Dylan Brooks World Champion. He did punch Daniel Tice right in the Kiwis in the first preseason game. So just he's coming out in true Dylan Brooks fashion. Um, I mean, so one thing about the the Spurs and the Trail Blazers that I just want to point out, and really honestly, this goes for. What I feel like is the entire West is I still think that these teams are going to be competitive. I don't think they're going to have great records by the end of the season, but even watching them in preseason to, 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 um, I, I just think that both teams have a lot of talent and I think that the Spurs are, they're definitely going to take things slowly. I think the Blazers, um, you know, it'll be up for debate on whether they take that same approach. Are they going to keep Jeremy Grant? Are they going to keep, Malcolm Brogdon, there's talks already of the Clippers being interested again in Malcolm Brogdon and bringing him on and trading for him. So um, I I don't know, man. I I could see these teams at least coming out and competing. I don't think the records are going to reflect that. But um, again, the West is just a bloodbath this year. To that same point, I I feel the same way about Portland. They're not going to win that many games. I have them as the worst team in the West. Uh, But I think they're going to be really feisty and kind of give teams a scare that are just going in there lackadaisically and, and thinking they're going to have an easy win. Because there's there's still some talent on this team. Scoot in the preseason has looked pretty good. Shaden Sharp's going to get a lot of run. And if he makes a jump, and uh, low-key, he's one of my favorites for most improved player. I think he could make a real jump in year two. So I, I actually I like what's going on in Portland right now. 
I'm going to top you guys in uh, Goonies optimism. I I would pick the Goonies in a seven-game series against the Houston Rockets as it stands right now. I think Ooh. I like their talent better, and I like the fit better. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what kind of – we'll really see what kind of coach Chauncey Billups is now. Um, I'm very interested in that aspect of things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I really like what they have. I've gotten over the um, – the anger overall, the trade situation at Portland, and I'm ready to celebrate the players that are on the team now. I think the, I, on the oh sorry, sorry go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 you're good, Dan. Go ahead. Okay. I was just I was quickly going to say, um, with uh, Tillman Frittata as the uh, owner of the Rockets, I could really see him being one of the Fratellis. <laughs> going going back to the Goonies reference. It's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic call, Dan. Oh my gosh, that's good. Okay, yeah, that's back, good. Back, back to you, Pat. Who's Chunk? Who's, who's Chunk on the team? Is it Aiden? It's got to be Aiden, right? It, it's seventy-eight. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's, that's I just definitely. want him to come out on the microphone one night and go, "Hey, you guys." <laughs> he would oh, too. You man. know, he would. He totally would. He totally would. I'm gonna a little bit of a hot take, and I think we can get to our our over unders maybe for these three teams or at least the the Blazers and the Spurs. I think the Rockets are going to be better than expected or at least that I expected going into the season. I don't know if you guys have watched any of their their preseason, but they look good, man. Their young talent looks good and I think that I maybe underestimated the power of uh Udoka being able to come in and implement defensive principles on this team. Um again, Dylan Brooks for all the hate that we've thrown his way and all the poking fun at him that we've done. He's really good defensively, man, and his teammates seem to like him. I sent you guys that clip of him dancing in front of the crowd, and I was like, this dude is such a goober, but his teammates were super into it. You've got Fred Van Vliet, um, Tari Eason, our guy, has looked really good. Uh, Jabari Smith has looked really good. Shangun. I mean, they have a ton of talent on this team, so I'm definitely, I, I, I don't know, man. I expect them to be better than initially anticipated. And with that, should we get into over-unders? Yeah, let's do over-unders. And we've already talked Rockets, so that kicks a part out of the next little tier. It's great. For Portland, uh, the Vegas, we'll just call them Vegas, has Portland at 27.5 wins and San Antonio at 28.5 wins. What are you guys taking on your over-unders? Get ready to hear something that you're going to hear from me a lot today. Under. On both. Under, under. Yeah, I'm with Jay. Under, under on both of these. I had under on both as well. <laughs> People, they're, they're just teams that have to lose in in the West, unfortunately. And I think these are going to be the two forerunners. Or is that the right word? Yeah, in this category. Agreed with you guys. Under on both. Not by a lot. I think they're going to be mid-20s teams. They're not going to be awful yeah. like the Pistons last year winning less than 20 games. But it's just going to be hard to win in the West, especially. Yeah, All right, still competitive, jumping to our next under. tier. Yeah, yeah. Jumping to our next tier, we have tier five, good, honest effort. Going back to the Rockets. <laughs> <We're back. laughs> Going back to the Rockets. And and as Pat so eloquently laid out, this is a team with talent, and they're giving that effort to try to make the playoffs. Plus the potential to make a trade puts them in this category for me. I have them at number 13. And then there's one other team in this category which could make a few of our podcasters here. Uh, oh, our yeah, let's go. A little mad at me. I knew at it. Number 12, I, I have it. the Utah Jazz. 
not sniffing the playoffs. They're just a good, honest effort team. <laughs> just a good, honest effort. How do you feel, Dan? How do you feel? Uh, so there are two wolves inside of me. Mr. Win a, win a playoff <laughs> series to be a successful season, <laughs> Dan Lyons. Both of them are mad. Um, so watching the preseason, uh, the, the Jazz, shall I say, do not have a stew going at guard. There is no stew going at guard, right? They're very much in the figure out what you do. They have Chris Dunn, Keontae George, um, Taylor Horton Tucker, and, uh, like Baji, like at guard right now that they're trying to figure out like rotation minutes and like Jordan Clarkson. But Sexton, already... dude, come on, don't don't, don't give up Sexton. on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they, other than Jordan Clarkson, any of those guys like could could get minutes. And then, I mean, I guess like Chris Dunn is a you know he's got a higher floor, lower ceiling and Keontae George like could be really good. But again, it's, it's, it's like, and they could be. Um, and so their guards, they don't really know what, what they're doing. They're small forward. They really don't know what, what they're doing. Really the only positions, like it's only Kessler, Markinen, and Clarkson that know like what they're doing on the team, everything else they're like figuring out. So I'm going to vote over for them because you know, I'm a Homer. And I did. I just. I just am. But I. Uh, I. I have to admit that there's. There's. There's not a stew going in. 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 In Utah at this point. I love that you gave all that pessimism only to take the over. Like I just love it. You're absolutely. <laughs> your I'm, fandom I'm absolutely is absolutely taking the over. It's incredible. Yeah. I. Uh... I don't know, man. I, I was I wanted to we, we won't have time to play this game, but I wanted to play a game of who's going to be on the roster after the trade deadline on this jazz team, because I, there's just so many guys that I don't I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I don't think they have a stew going a guard either. Um, they definitely have talent on the team, but I just think that there there are way too many other teams in the West that have more talent than they do, that it's going to be tough to uh, to come out of the gates firing like they did last season and kind of take take some teams by surprise. So that's my that's my jazz take. Sort of piggybacking off of that idea for a game, is it completely out of the question that and you can tell me if it is, Dan, that like even Lowry could not be on this team by the end of the season? Like, could they decide that this whatever stew they have going right now is when it comes to the front court isn't enough of a stew to like invest long term? in this core and just take an even bigger step back uh, even potentially like to trade kind of sell high on Lowry. I, I, I don't know. I we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll also see if he can have the same kind of season he had last year. Um, but yeah, I, I am this, I'm on the same page. I think this is a, a, a perfect tier if you're not going to put the rockets lower and uh, I'm, you know, I'm just going to say it. Under, under on both these teams. I know we're not getting to over and unders yet, but uh, I, these are both unders for me too. I think we should take that Lowry uh, take that Jason just had and, and cut that clip and send it out to Jazz Nation, Dan. What do you think? How do you think they'll Absolutely. respond? <laughs> really, really well. They're like, oh, let's well, send out Jason's very... address. One, two, four. <laughs> oh my gosh. Denver way. <laughs> I mean, Jazz fans <laughs> historically <laughs> respond very well to any criticism of the Jazz or their players. So. 
Yeah, exactly. Especially from very reason takes from from Lakers fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, there it is. I don't. I don't think it's a crazy take though. Like I, I was thinking about that. That's part of where my question about who's going to be on the team past the trade deadline is coming from. Like Lowry. I mean, if you've got these again, sort of like two competing timelines with. I don't know how old is Jordan Clarkson. He's like twenty eight, seven, twenty eight. No, right? Jordan Clark. Jordan Clarkson's like thirty one. Is he? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So you've got Clarkson. You've got Markinen, uh, Olenek. I mean, you, I mean, Olenek's older than all those dudes, but you've got, and then you have these younger dudes that are coming in, and um, it's TBD on whether they have. Dra- I mean, Kante George looks really good, but again, I'm just, I'm a, little, I'm a little confused about what the plan is for this team. I mean, I, I'll so I'll, I'll I'll give a couple of takes on Markinen. So he's obviously a lot better than anything than whatever the Jazz were expecting from him last year, right? Like when when they got him, they were not trading for like a twenty five point a game scorer. Um, and from what I understand, like a lot of his points last year and this year, like they didn't really run like sets for him. He's just like he's just like out there, just sort of balling. Um, and so it'll be different. It'll be interesting to see this year if they try to focus some more um, on him and maybe he ups his scoring average a little bit. As far as him being on the team, like at some point you have to have players on your team, right? It's like Danny Ainge comes in and then we just get like, oh man, well, you know, well, we could have this. Well, you also have to have like a basketball team. And if you're going to sell high on, on Laurie Markinen, like, Sell sell him high for what? Like I, like yeah, you could get like some some assets back for that, right? But like he's not, you know, you're not going to get like Portland's first round pick next year. You're not going to get like OKC's like any of any of OKC's assets. Um, like, like he's he's a great player, right? Like he's probably an all star, and selling high on him at this point, I don't know why you would do that. Um, because like, I don't think still, they're going to trade him. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. You just got me interested I, but, in him on OKC a little bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice, like, I saw Zach's. Go. Yeah, Zach's yeah. oh, like not a bad idea. brain ticking there. So here's one thing, though, with this Jazz team, there is a little bit of an incentive to if they don't come out of the gates winning, go the other way. The reason is they owe their top ten protected pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, again, if they don't come out firing like they did last season, I could see them potentially going the other direction, um, especially when we don't have a – ostensibly don't have a lot of teams that are tanking this season. Yeah, I think maybe I'm a little bit premature on, like, Lowry being gone sometime this season, but he only has one more year on his deal after this season. Um, and if they want to tank hard, uh, meaning get a top three pick – he might be good enough to keep them out of that race um, while not good enough to like get them into the playoffs. So that's the, that's the only reason I threw it out there. Do not dox me. Do not at me state of Utah, but I can, I'll, you know, come, if you're going to come, I'll be ready. I got (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's for the sake of time. Let's get to over under. So we just heard Jay's, under on both Zach do you yeah. want to, to Jay we didn't even Jay gave his unders before Zach even went through what the actual numbers are so yeah he's like under uh, hard under the, the Rockets are at 31 and a half games and the Jazz are at 35 and a half yeah so I'm going I'm going slightly under on the Jazz 
And hot take, get ready here. I'm going slightly over on the uh, Houston Rockets. I like it. They owe their top four protected pick to OKC as well, so I think they have extra incentive to not suck this season. Just flexing on everybody with the OKC picks today. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There there are all these teams that owe picks to the Thunder. Um, I'm over on the Jazz, 40 games. (laughs) (laughs) We're We're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, Rockets slide under. They're probably in the, uh, I guess maybe a couple games under, right? I, I think they're in like the 28-29 range. I mean, there is always the possibility that the Jazz go the other way and use the assets they have to go get someone, go get a guard. Yeah, great point. Who knows? If, if they end up winning 40 games, you're going to look like a like a genius, Dan. Uh, I am, <laughs> be however. A, be a Danny Ainge in the genius club. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan, did you say over or under on the Rockets? Uh, I'm slight under on the on the Rockets. I think they're probably 28, 29. I all right. I'm with you. I'm I'm under on both. Slightly on the Jazz. Slightly on the Rockets. All right. Moving on to our third tier, fighting for a chance to dance. These are the teams that are firmly in the play-in mix. And in the West, there could be a lot of teams. However, for the sake of my argument, we're only going to talk about three teams in this category. They look to me like play-in teams going to be around there, not going to be top six teams unless something breaks really right for them. At number 11, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. At number 10, the Oklahoma City Thunder, contrary to my love and to what ESPN and all the people are saying right now. And at number nine, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. What do you guys think of this category? I may throw another team in there, but I'll, I'll wait for you guys to to give your takes. Um, I Look, I'm extremely happy for all the love that the thunder are getting i think it's a little overblown just a little overblown um i'm gonna try to go the anti anti homer take here uh there's an incredible amount of talent on this team so if everyone hits this season or at least uh, you know some of their newer guys chet has looked really great in the preseason um they've got shay who you know is at least i know we we had a little bit of back and forth on where he should fall in terms of a top x player at least top 10 to 15. Right. Um, but man, I, I don't like, there are people out there talking about them winning 50 games. I, I would be ecstatic if that happens. I don't see that happening. They're too young. Uh, let me, let me jump in here and say, I think, uh, I think the Timberwolves do not belong in this category. I think they belong higher. Um, I'm very high on the Minnesota. Timberwolves I agree. I agree. I'm with Jay. Let's go. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think they had kind of the season from hell last year. They were still figuring out a lot of things. Um, they're bringing everybody back. Uh, they have a lot of incentive to uh, beat the projections. Ant uh, very well may take a leap. I love Ant and Jaden McDaniels as perimeter defenders uh, 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 in complement to what Rudy gives inside. Um, and again, yeah, Cat's kind of playing for his reputation right now. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely think that Timberwolves deserve to be higher. Uh, maybe just one tier higher, potentially two tiers higher. I got to hear kind of what the what the other teams in those tiers are. But yeah, uh, I'm higher on them. It's funny, sort of scanning this uh, this uh, list. Also, Jay, I wanted to be like, man, Nas Reed hits five threes in a in a preseason game, and all of a sudden the Timberwolves are winning fifty games. 
Um, it's, but it's crazy. If you, if you look at the over-unders, and we'll, we'll get to all the numbers in a second, but the Clippers are currently fifth at 46 and a half games compared to the Mavericks at 11 at 44 and a half games. I mean, we're like, and, and that's kind of how it turned out last season too, is like, like they're, they're just so, so many competitive teams. Um, and so it's, it's, first of all, it's going to be so much fun. Um, like figuring out everything. Um, Pat, I too, I do t- tend to agree with, with the thunder being like overblown here. Um, the, especially like I look at this and I'm like, man, <laughs> kind of, I guess disrespecting the Kings isn't, you're not really disrespecting the Kings cause they were a first round out last year against, against the Warriors. Um, but I don't think that I would put the Kings and the, and the thunder like in the same tier at this point. So I would probably move and, and correct me if I'm wrong, as far as, as far as the, are the Kings in this tier right now? No, like, I don't think Zach had them in this tier. No. Nope. Okay. Oh, okay. It was the T Wolves, okay. Thunder, and Pelicans. Which, by the way, hot hot take on the Pelicans. I'm 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 going hard under on the Pelicans. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, wow. so many injuries, so many injuries already. <laughs> man, Trey Murphy, Alvarado, Larry Nance, um, Najee Marshall went down last night. I don't know what the official injury is, oh, but that's another rotation man. piece that just went down. That's four dudes that are major rotation pieces that are already out to start the season. And they and then again, you're banking on. Zion being healthy for more than 25 games, which he just has not shown an ability to do up to this point. Um, I love Brandon Ingram. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Ingram Stan. I have been for a very long time, but he's not, I don't think that he can carry this team. And um, I just think there's too much, too many other talented teams in the West for them to, to, uh, so I say hard under that's probably a little dramatic. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the slide under at least. Um, I think they're going to have a similar season to last season where they're going to be in the playing, playing mix, playing race. Um, obviously if Zion stays healthy, I may be eating my words, but that's another, I'll believe it when I see it, uh, situation for me. So the reasoning you just laid out is exactly why I put them in this category. I feel like, and I think I said this when we did our preseason prep for the Pelicans, but they're just one of the hardest teams to project. The injury risk is so high on this team, but they could also in the end win 50 games. An important thing now speaking to all of your takes about these three teams is that Remember, the power rankings are who will represent the West. So I also think the Timberwolves could be another team that win way more games this year than they did last year, or at least way more in a tight West. So, you know, five or six more games. But also, I don't think there's a high likelihood of them representing the West in the finals. So that's why I have them down in this category. Of uh, To me, I feel like they still look like a, like a playing team just when you consider the strength that exists in the West and the teams are going to win games. So I'm very interested to know what team, if you like the Timberwolves or you like, if you like the Thunder, I think we all were kind of down on the Thunder a little bit, but who, what team would you bump them over? And then we'll move on to the next category or over unders in the next category. Kings. Easy, easy choice. Uh, Dan already referred to them as being potentially in this category. I don't think they deserve to be in this category, but I definitely have the Timberwolves over them. Uh, I, I, I think we saw the, I mean, look, they were really competitive with the Warriors in that series. Um, and it was a ton of fun. Those games were insane offensively. Uh, but then the Warriors, you know, kind of 
got their butt handed to him by my Los Angeles Lakers. And I feel like the same thing would have happened to the Kings. And so the Kings are, I think are multiple steps away from being able to win three playoff series. And they didn't change their team significantly, at least in, in, in my view. And so um, that's why I, I, I still, I wouldn't say they belong in this category necessarily because they won too many games and competed too hard last season to be dropped this far. But uh, I definitely have the T-Wolves over them when it comes to the the ceiling, if it all gels, right? Uh, I think the Timberwolves have multiple superstar talents um, and multiple players who, if it gels and they play their roles well, um, they could be at least a tier higher when it comes to um, playoff competitiveness. So yeah, the, the the team that I was thinking of, um, but I also would not put this team in this category just because of the power of one guy on this team and his ability to completely take over a playoff series is the Dallas Mavericks. I just oh regular season wise, I, I am a little bit worried about um, the how thin this roster is potentially. Like for me, it you have one or two rotation pieces go down. And I think that that's going to be hugely detrimental to their success in the regular season. We saw it. We saw it that last season when Kyrie came over, it just, it took some, well, I, I was going to say it took some time for them to gel. They they really didn't gel before they, um, before the abomination of the end of the season that, that it was for the Mavs and the just, I don't know, man, what they did at the end of the season, which is gross. Um, so they, they could come out firing, on all cylinders to start the season. I, I just, I have doubts about their ability to, um, to, to a do that and then B kind of maintain that throughout the season. I just think it's a lot to ask of Luca. It's not, it's definitely not impossible, but um, again, if they do make it to the playoffs, I think you never know what Luca could do in a playoff series. And so I completely agree that they should be higher, but regular season wise, I'd probably have the Timberwolves over them. Yeah. I'm with Pat on this one. That, that, that was going to be mine was the, was the Mavericks. And it's it's interesting just because the I think that we know exactly how this is going to go, right? Like Mav- the Mavericks, to your point, Pat, don't really have a lot of depth. They also don't really have a front court at all. They just like don't really seem to be interested in protecting the rim or uh, or rebounding. Um, and right, you know, they're they're like, well, I guess we just, you know, our goal here is just to score more points than the other team. Which like Luca and Kyrie can do for sure, but other other than that, I just like don't see them like having the pieces. So I would for sure put like the the Wolves. I I, I would be fine if we swapped um, Mavericks and Wolves like in the in, in in this tier. Also, I would just like to say that Jason is compromised with his Wolves take. Andrew was making fun of him for uh, being, being low on the Wolves, so uh, he he is very very compromised. I just I, I just thought that was an important disclosure. We will talk Zach? about the Mavericks soon. Yeah, Whoa. I was just going to say, we got the Dikembe yeah, yeah. Uh, finger finger wag from Zach during that take. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm excited. Um, specifically to Dan saying they have no front court depth. But we'll hold that because we need to do over-unders for 11 through 9. So the Pelicans are listed at... Actually, this is pretty easy because they're all very close. The Pelicans and the Thunder are both listed at 44.5 games. The Timberwolves one game better at 45.5. Which way are you guys going? I'm going over Timberwolves under Thunder, Thunder from down under, under 
Pelicans. It pains me to go under on the Thunder. I just think that, again, you have to kind of hedge your bets on some of these teams. And I just, as much as I would love for them to win 50 games. And look, I, this was another team where I, I was going to play a little game of um, let's go down their whole roster and, and see when we get to a guy who wouldn't be in a rotation for another team. There is so much talent on this Thunder team. Um, one little plug real quick. I, I watched a little bit of their preseason game the other day where Michich played. I'd never seen him play before. Um, the dude's good. Like he's, he's really good. He had this no look pass to somebody that I was just like, okay, all right. There's a little bit of magic. So I he's think so good. Uh, he's so good that you wonder where's he going to get minutes and who's going to take him away from. Cause he's got to Dude, That's like, that's the thing playing. with ha- half this roster, man is like, it's a guy like Trey Mann would be the sixth man on a lot of teams. I think in the league, I don't know if he's going to get minutes. Um, Aaron Wiggins is another guy that I worry about. Like Not if they want to play. Kaysen. Yeah. And Kaysen's looked good, man. Besides airballing a three at the buzzer against the Pistons the other night. Um, <laughs> he looks good on defense, man. I think he's going to be good, but yeah. Over, so over Timberwolves under Pelicans under thunder for me. Same for me over wolves under the other two. Um, you have my bow, Patrick. We're together on this one. <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> under under thunder, um, under under pelicans, and I am I'm like a very very slight under on Timberwolves. I think 45 games is like pretty much ex- like exactly where where, where they're going to be. So like I I think that that's about dialed in for them. I am under on all three teams by at least a few games. Uh, one last point on the Thunder. I think a lot of the good projections that are coming out have a lot to do with Chet. It's a lot to ask of a guy. Even though he's a second-year guy, he's a rookie. Even if he's good right away, he's going to be rookie good, not veteran good, second, third-year player good. And the rest right, of their front uh, court too, man. They're, the rest of their front court is all super young guys too, right? So like Jay will second-year player. Usman Jang, second-year player. They don't have Muscala anymore. <laughs> Can we use one or two of the these moves. guys and a pick or two to go get uh, Robert Williams, please? Maybe? Mm, I'd I like be down, that dude. for them. I'd be Ooh. down. Let me, just, let me just say really quick that uh, I may or may not have some scratch on a three-way playoff uh, bet uh, for the Wolves, Pacers, and Hawks to make the playoffs. Um, so I'm really, ex- I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. Nice. All right. Our next category is we're here too. teams like the Hawks. We're in this category for the East. These are teams that I think will be in the playoffs, but basically have no shot at contending. And I only have one team in this category uh, in the West. And that is the Sacramento Kings. Jason sort of laid out the argument already. The Kings are a good regular season team. They're going to put up a lot of points, and they're probably going to win quite a few games. They could end up in the top four in the West again, but they just don't have the strength, the star power, the right depth to compete uh, in a deep playoff run. So that's why I have them alone in this wilderness of we're here too. They just want to be recognized. Light the beam, baby. Light the beam. Love the love these guys. I I freaking love the Kings. So this is definitely not this is Orlando Magic West list. for our guy Dan Lyons. <laughs> Dan, let's be honest. Basically, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think ultimately you're right. Though I, I don't necessarily think it's a depth thing. I think it's a defense thing, right? Again, 
like like the Mavericks. And by the way, I think that the Mavericks should be here too. I'm saying it now. I'm I'm totally saying it now. Look, all all love to to my guy Luca. Obviously, one of the one of the best players like in in the league. I just don't like what's going on in Dallas. Um, I I don't I don't believe in in that team at all. And so yeah, like I, I mean, if you had told me last year that the the Mavericks would miss the playoffs, I'd be like, you're you're crazy, right? And so that like I don't see. I know that you're going to talk about like some what I think amounts to some marginal front court moves uh, that that the 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 Mavericks made. I don't love Dwight Powell. I just I, I think that they belong here with the Kings. You think they're gonna miss JaVale McGee? Is that what you're what you're saying, Dan? <laughs> Look, everybody okay. miss JaVale McGee. Let's not be out here impugning multiple time world champion JaVale uh, McGee out here. Listen, he does great career, man. Great strays. <laughs> he does not need to He's catch on the Kings strays. now. Ironically enough, he is on the Kings now. Yes. Um I and do you know think what? that That's- yeah, I do think this is the right category for for just the Kings to be in because, um, to your point, Zach, I do think they're going to be squarely in the playoffs. I just I don't think they have any chance of doing anything in the playoffs besides maybe winning one round. Um, I just think again, their their, their defense uh, in the front court is what what concerns me about this team. They don't Sabonis is incredible on offense, but. You know, when it comes to being a defensive anchor, that's not really what he's known for. And so if you have teams, especially in the West, where you've got Jokic, you've got AD, you've got even a team like the Suns that would, you know, potentially pull him out away from the the basket on defense. I just, I worry about that with this team. Mavericks, again, I talked about them a little, a little bit. I just think they shouldn't be in this category because Luka, again, when you have Luka on your team, you never know what's going to happen. I want to hear Zach's take on the front court of the Dallas Mavericks, though. Oh, we're not to that Wait, category sh- yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's talk Kings then. Over-under. Oh. Okay, the Kings over-under is set at 44 and a half games, very similar to our last category. Brought them down from last year. What do you guys think? Under. Over. Okay, so over, Jason, un, over, over for Dan. Under. under for Jason. Shocked by that. Um, I'm going slightly, slightly over. I am over as well. Jason. Why so strongly under here? I think, you know, I think they caught a lot of people off guard uh, last season. I think, uh, you know, it was tough to prepare for their offense and their their fast break uh, uh, that they were playing that up-tempo style. Um, I I think they're going to play that way again, but I, I... I think they were also kind of riding a little bit of a wave of, oh, we just came together. We're light in the beam, all um, great vibes. Um, I'm expecting a little bit of a step back um, here from them. Uh, and so I, I and I, and again, the West is just so tough that I think a ton of teams could win 42, 43 games. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings was one of them. You know who I do expect to, to, to take, a, take a step forward, though, this season? Keegan Murray. Our guy Kegels, dude. The Kegs. <laughs> I expect him to. T- I expect him to take a major, a major leap. He looked incredible in uh, in summer league and looked really good in that Warriors series towards the end. So expecting big things out of our guy. I do too. I also think Davion is going to be even more of an influence on the game. Maybe add a little bit of defense in that backcourt and play more minutes. So yeah, I got them. I got them over. All right. 
Now we're finally to our pretty please category, which I almost jumped to a little too early. In the West, in this, in this conference that is so deep with good teams, we have a lot of teams in this category, four that we're going to talk about. At number seven, I have Los Angeles Clippers. All the way at number six, contrary to popular opinion on this podcast, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Number five, the Memphis Grizzlies. And at four, yes, they're not in the top category, the Golden State Warriors. What do you guys, what do you guys think? Should I start with the Mavericks? Yeah, let's Since do you it. guys have all kind of talked about them. So the reason they're this high is because at their best, if Kyrie actually shows up and is the Kyrie who played next to LeBron James, uh, Jason brought it up when we did our preseason prep that he's next to a guy like LeBron James where he thrives. If he can keep his head on straight and is that guy, Luka is good enough to lead this team to the finals. And... The reason this category is called Pretty Please is all of these teams, in my opinion, are missing like one or two pieces. Sometimes that's just like chemistry. Sometimes that's players. But the Mavericks are really just like a piece or two away from being a contender. The front court thing, I actually agree with you. Dwight Powell, I don't think he's a starting starting caliber uh, center. I think they could go make a move to get a better guy at that position. Robert Williams, we already talked about, would be a great fit here. Um, but they do have Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes, who's a good backup for him. And they have highly underrated guy, Maxi Kleba. He's a really good defensive player. He's big enough to guard big guys, but he can also play the four and, search, and stretch the floor. I think him and Grant Williams next to Kyrie and Luka is actually really solid. Why Should are we laughing at, at Grant Williams? Yeah, don't laugh at that, Dan. Come on. Grant Williams is good, dude. Oh, no. I just, uh, I, I, I'm like, oh, I should have known that you would stand for the, <laughs> for the Mavericks front court because Grant Williams is now in the, in the AKA Dallas Batman, dude. It's Batman. <laughs> I mean, they're both good players. What the, the Mavericks are missing, like, a real third best player. You have a, a, a chasm between their top two and the rest of their guys. But Grant Williams, Maxi Cleveland, some of these guys are good players. And some of the depth moves they made, you guys talked about that they didn't have great depth. But guys like Derek Jones Jr., Seth Curry coming in, these are like good players that can fill in minutes if one of those guys gets hurt or whatever happens. Tim Hardaway still on the team. If Josh Green can take a step, if, if Jaden Hardy can take a step. They have a lot of players on this team. If you look through their roster, they've really filled it out well. So I... I'm not high on them winning a lot of games in the regular season. I'm actually with you guys. They're right in that mix with the Wolves, the Thunder, the Kings, in that mid forty, low to mid-40s range. But they can make noise in the playoffs, and that's why I have them this way. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, yeah, let me just uh, do a little uh, ditto there. Like these guys, the, the guys that you listed off, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., Grant Williams, Rashawn Holmes, Max Akleba, uh, uh Josh Green, Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, Jaden Hardy, Derek Jones Jr. These are, are not stars, but they are M- real NBA players who in on this team will just be asked to play roles, right? They'll be asked to play roles that I think fit how good they are um, when playing next to two, I think, high-level superstars. And so I, I have to be on this corner because I'm calling Kyrie Irving for All-NBA. Um, 
but, right. uh, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm high, I'm high on this team. I, again, I, th- I think they definitely belong pretty pleased, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing I worry about with, uh, with some of those rotation pieces that you listed off and really with the team in general is just defense, right? You've got a lot of guys that are, yes. are, are, yeah. are minus defenders, um, may not matter when you got a guy like Luca. Well, and really Kyrie too, right. That can just. I think they're going to score a ton of points. I just worry about when it when the when the going gets tough, when games get close, will they be able to get stops? But I do think they they belong in this category for sure. Um, what were the other teams you had? The Grizzlies, Clippers, Grizzlies, Warriors, Warriors? and the Clippers. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually surprised um, that the Clippers haven't come up already as a team that should be lower. I know we've had some uh, some low opinion of them uh, during the preseason prep and, and previous to that even. So I'd like to hear what people have to say about the Clippers in this category. Yeah, I don't like the Clippers as a regular season team. I'm just going to put that out there. But again, when you have Kawhi and Paul George on your team, I just think it's it's tough. Again, I know that a, a lot of this is a theoretical. This is the same conversation we've been having for four years, three years, however long it's been. But when you have those guys, there there's always a chance, even if that chance is very slight, that they get into the playoffs and they make noise. Kawhi... If he can stay healthy, which again we have not seen in multiple years, but he's otherworldly in the playoffs. What we just saw Jimmy Butler do, we you know that that's something that Kawhi is capable of doing um, in any given playoff series. So I think it's even though I I don't believe in them as a regular season team, I I still think they're going to make the playoffs, um, and we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I I, I just. I just also don't really enjoy talking about the Clippers, so I'm going to throw that out as well. Um, got maybe when it's, when I, it's four years of the exact same conversation, yeah. it gets really monotonous. And let me just say, when it's four years of the same stuff, and then the only like wild card ingredient you add is Russell Westbrook, uh, I'm not into the vibes. And uh, and just from talking to a lot of Clippers fans. And and actually the reports too um, that seem to be kind of trickling out the vibes around Teron Lou's job are weirdly uh, not high. Uh, people are questioning his long term job security, which I don't think helps the locker room either. So I think there's a real chance that this could go real south. Um, but again, too much talent um, to like completely count them out. You can't just write them off. Um, and so I think you have them in the right category. Um, but I also, I also question, like, look, you got to show us your team, like winning high level playoff series and games. I mean, no, they, I know they made one uh, conference finals, uh, but the teams they beat weren't exactly world beaters uh, to get there. And so it's like, you got to show it to us for us to actually believe in that potential, that ceiling at some point. I think, surprisingly maybe or not surprisingly because it's me i think westbrook we've talked about how he fits much better on this team than he did with the lakers and i think he's he's actually going to help them be a better regular season team than we've seen in the past but he's also then a detriment in the playoffs so i don't i don't really know how to evaluate him as a player at this stage of his career or what he can bring um and i i think that the clippers are going to try to upgrade the, the point guard position maybe it's malcolm brogdon maybe it's james harden somehow but I, I think there's a move still to be made on that front. Uh, the point you made about Tyron Lue is interesting. If he were fired or, or stepped away, how quickly would you want the Lakers to jump on that? 
Look, I'm feeling very good about Darvin Ham these days. Um, really? And so, yeah, I'm not trying to shake things up in that way. Um, I also don't know if that relationship can be repaired after the disaster negotiation of 2020 uh, with with Teron Liu. Um, Ham just keeps happening upon the right ideas. Um, and so as much as there were a lot of times last season where I wasn't so sure about him, he keeps ending up in the right place lineup wise. So, um, and the players seem to like him. So, but yeah, I mean, Lou's great. And I think at least half the teams in the league would be um, happy to have him. Uh, Jason, you've talked previously about the Memphis Grizzlies and how you're really high on them. Do you think they're in the the right place in, in this uh, power ranking fifth in the West? So actually I think that's really interesting because yeah, I, I am very high on them. I think they, they're a team that just keeps churning out, wins and I think it goes uh, primarily to Taylor Jenkins uh, being just a great coach uh, and and obviously having very high level talent but then when I was thinking about their tier you know I I don't think you would have been out of line to put them in that Kings tier um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily put them there but um, sort of similar to the Kings experience in the playoffs last year the Grizzlies just very well might be a couple leaps away from even having a chance to win three playoff series. I mean, we got it again. We have to see it ceiling wise there. I think they're actually a better regular season team than a playoff team uh, because uh, as, as, as great as Ja is, um, you know, is, are he and Bain, you know, the, can they be the hubs of a playoff level offense against a playoff level defense? Um, they're, I mean, they're great. Also, I think we have questions about Jaron Jackson Jr.'s ceiling. Um, uh, and that, you know, I think those, as much as we hoped he was going to answer those questions in FIBA, he certainly did not. Uh, and so, you know, I, again, I think they're in the right tier because they are very, very good and they're very, very competitive. Um, and Marcus Smart, I think, makes them better. I'm going to keep doing this annoying thing. <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, I, I, I think they need more uh, to be in that top tier for sure. I think Smart gives them some playoff moxie. He has that experience. Uh, and I do think Ja and Bain are good enough to carry uh, an elite offense. I also think getting Steven Adams and Brandon Clark back for the playoffs is going to be a massive boost, especially in helping Jaron Jackson Jr. when he's in foul trouble and just maintaining that physical presence on the court when he can't be there. And I, I think what happened in FIBA was an aberration as to how good Jaron Jackson Jr. is. I, I legitimately think he's a top five-ish center in the league, or maybe he's a power forward, who knows. But in that category of true like all-star level big guys in the league, uh, Patrick, you have been Mr. Snip Snap with the Warriors. You've had some positive takes about them. How do you feel about them being in this category? Should they be in the bells of the ball category <laughs> as uh, as ESPN and, and a lot of pundits want them to be? Yeah, I, th- I thought you'd never ask. Um, I, I would put them in the, the higher tier as much as it pains me to to say. I just think it really comes down to one dude. When you have, when you have Stephen Wardell Curry on your team, I just think... Mm. the sky's the limit with in terms of your you know your ability in the playoffs to um carve through even the most elite defenses we've seen him do it time and time again 
And I think that some of their young guys, at least in the preseason, again, I know it's just preseason, but they've looked pretty good, man. Kaminga's looked pretty good. Uh, Moody's looked good. I think that the vibes with this team are going to be so much better than they were last season, just getting Jordan Poole off the team. Um, the Chris Paul thing, I, I'm still a little bit like, eh, I don't I don't love it. I don't know what this is going to look like. Is this going to be like a D'Angelo Russell 2.0 situation where you know he's on the team for half the season and then something happens and he's gone? I, I don't think so. I think that they'll figure out a way for this to work. I don't think that he's going to be starting the entire season um, and going into the playoffs, but they'll get Draymond back. I think Draymond's coming off an injury, so that'll be interesting to monitor and and watch, but um, I just think we'll see what happens in the regular season with this team. But again, when it comes to the playoffs, they're they're always going to terrify me. And I think when you have Steph on your team, you're you're always going to have a chance to to go the distance. So that's my take. Hopefully, that it's a little bit of a reverse psychology there. I think the pretty please I have on these guys has to do with the chemistry with Chris Paul, uh, a little bit of a depth question. And what is Clay Thompson? And to some extent, Draymond Green, who are they going to be this year? What kind of players can they be? They definitely have the least questions of any of the pretty pleased teams, either in this conference or in the East. Uh, I came very close to putting them in that top category, but there are just a few questions that remain unanswered that I want to see first, but they could answer them very quickly. I don't think they need another player or anything like that necessarily. I'm going to echo that. Uh, thanks. <laughs> um I think they're pretty pleased as it can be summed up for me in one thing, which is how good can Moody and Kaminga be? Um, if they're one thing that would fix all of their questions is if one of those two guys took a big enough leap to be like a starter level rotation wing, but uh, both ways. Um, if Kaminga uh, is more consistent and can shoot, um, I think he can be that guy. Moody, I, I don't really, I, I haven't seen enough from him uh, uh, to, to think that he's that guy. But if one of those guys take a leap, then they're definitely bells of the ball for me. But we haven't seen it yet. Um, I think the underrated thing about the war, this Warriors run, which I've been very sympathetic to at times, is they've had great role players, great role players, great depth. Um, and, and, and especially trading out pool and having to fit Chris Paul into this lineup, like a square peg in a round hole. Um, I, I'm, I have questions about the role players here. Let's go ahead and look at the over-unders. We'll start with the Clippers. They're at 46 and a half. Pretty high, in my opinion. I guess that gives away what I'm going to choose. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks at 44 and a half, just like, I don't know, four other teams in the West. The Memphis Grizzlies at 45 and a half, uh, tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves, Jason, and uh, the Warriors at 48 and a half. Let's start with the Clippers at 46 and a half. Which way are you going? Under. I'm the under, too. Agreed, and none of us want to talk about them anyway, so. <laughs> Next. Uh, the Mavericks, 44 and a half. I'm going very slight over. I think they're going to win 45 mm. games. Me, too. I'm going over uh, maybe maybe 46, but there's okay. not that many wins to, to get. But, yeah, I'm into it. So despite my defense of them in this tier, I have them under as a regular season team. A little bit under. How dare you? Number five, the Memphis Grizzlies at 45 and a half. I'm going over. Despite my vociferous defenses of them, I'm going under here, but very slight under. 
I'm also over, notwithstanding Jaw's injury, I think mostly because of Jay's defense during the preseason prep episode of the Grizzlies. Uh, I think they can tread water well enough with Marcus Smart uh, manning the point guard position. Desmond Bain gets a chance to shine. Jackson gets a chance to shine. And then Jaw's going to come back and want to just wreak havoc on the world. So some men just want to watch the world burn. I think it's going to take that that wreak havoc just to get into that mid forties in the West though. I, I, yeah, that, that's I kind of, so too. that's kind of my thought. Let's also make it clear. Jaw is not injured. <laughs> He's just yeah. miss a lot of games. Uh, Did I say injury? Jaw injury. Yes. <laughs> injury to uh, his reputation. I mean, uh, mental you know. injury. Yeah. <laughs> reputational injury. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just trying to avoid the negativity on this pod, you know, man? Um, I appreciate yeah, my, that. I'm a, I'm a slight over. I haven't. I had them at 46 games, and then the Warriors at 48 and a half. What do you got? I'm going over. I know. I know. I know. Again, I, it's just it's a constant wow. like mental battle with me, man. I'm like, <laughs> my heart is like, let's go under, baby, and then my head's like, you know what? Let's go over. I mean, I feel like 48 and a half is already like a, a little bit of like an inflated people love the Warriors line to some extent. And so I'm going slight under. Totally agreed with you, Jay. There's just too many good teams in the West, man. I think 48 is a lot of wins in the West. Uh, they could do it. They've been that good before. They've won 60 games. I mean, they've been the second best team in the history of basketball in the regular season. But I think they're going to rest uh, Draymond Clay and, and Steph a lot. Uh, I think they're going to have injuries pop up throughout the year. Steph almost never goes through a season without an entry. So I, it really comes down to what you guys were talking about with Kamiga and Booty. I, and here's my that, thing real real quick. I, I don't know if these teams are going to be able to rest guys as much as they want to. Like this West is going to be such a crazy battle, I think, the entire season that if you plan on resting guys even a few games that are key to your, your team winning games, I think you could be in, in some trouble. So we'll see. I think that obviously a lot of teams will have to rest their dues, and the Warriors might be one of those teams. But look, it's a win-win for me, right? If they go over, I look like a genius. If they go under, great. That's great for my mental health. That's a very good point, Pat. Um, and with the rules on resting, I think uh, I think they're just going to learn how to rest players a different way. I think it's more like a guy's going to play a quarter or two and then sit out, that, that sort of thing. All right, and with that, we get to our top tier. The bells of the ball. Let's number go. Three, Don't drop I soap. Have, <laughs> at number three, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Number two, the pew, Phoenix pew, pew. Suns. And number one, of course, reigning champion, Denver Nuggets. I think, I think the Suns-Lakers debate is interesting. I want to hear what you guys have to say. So, I mean... I obviously don't have to give too much of a take on uh, on why I believe in this Lakers team. Um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll say that they, they were a 54 win team once they clicked their team together uh, after the trade deadline. Um, that was their pace, at least was, a, was that of a 54 win team. And so their playoff success really should not be surprising. The fact that they won two rounds, um, that's the team that they were. And so with a training camp um, and, uh, and some new additions, uh, and then, you know, just talking about LeBron potentially being more healthy uh, going into the season than he was before, uh, I, they, I think they have every reason to be uh, in this tier. And I think with, with regard to them versus the Suns, 
the Suns are going to be figuring it out um, to some extent. But when it comes to championship uh, uh, possibilities uh, in, in a playoff series, I think we have to see these teams play uh, a little bit to to really say speak to the matchups because the the Suns are going to be such like a such a weird team to match up with. Um, uh, but I'll tell you one guy that should eat against them, which is Anthony Davis. Uh, uh, he could go forty and twenty uh, in a series against them, and and for that reason, I think the I think the Lakers have a good argument to be ahead of them. Uh, to be number two instead of number three, but the Suns have so much talent that I'm not going to be mad at you about it. But I will say this about the Lakers. The last piece of the puzzle that I was kind of not so sure about was who the fifth starter was. Um, and uh, and the guy who is potentially starting to emerge in preseason is Torian Prince, um, who, who I've been a always... for a long time. When I talk about Darvin Ham kind of ending up at the right outcomes, the fact that he's already ending up here potentially is very promising for this Lakers team. I think he gives you the best of both worlds between Jared Vanderbilt and Roy Hachimura. One guy's offense, like all offense, one guy's all defense. Torian can do a little bit of both. And he's one of those guys that LeBron loves to play with who will just sit in the corner three and, and, and catch kickouts. It's going to be great. Uh, speaking to the Suns, they do have so much talent, but I do think they're going to struggle a little bit to figure it out in the regular season. I also think the injury concerns for KD and Bradley Beal will be there all year, and they'll probably miss some time. So regular season, I actually have both of the teams right at 48 games because the West is so tough. I think either of those teams could be a 50-win team, but just in the way I had to disperse the wins, I had them at, at, as equal-level teams. Come playoffs... If the the Suns have figured out their chemistry and they're healthy, that team is going to be very scary, including for the Denver Nuggets at number one. Yeah, I have a, the Suns and the Lakers really as like 2A, 2B, and I think you could interchange them really with whatever your preference is. I'd probably have the Lakers as 2A and the, and the Suns as 2B. Jay, I do think you should put some respect on Nurkic's name as the Anthony Davis stopper that is going to <laughs> emerge this season. Oh, man. I knew, I knew you would enjoy that one. I still don't understand why the Suns did that. Makes no sense to me, but um, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. He's looked decent in preseason. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think – I don't have a ton to add to what you guys have already said. I think it's it's kind of continuity versus the new kids on the block, right? So I think the Suns, though, their talent, man, between Beal, Booker, and KD, their offense, if they can figure things out, is going to be unfreaking stoppable um, I'm just picturing those dudes' ability to get into the paint and hit mid-range jumpers but also kick out to hopefully guys that will be, um, you know, solid – above average three-point shooters. I just think it's going to be pretty devastating on offense. Defense remains to be seen, but I've already established that I, I love the Lakers roster. Um, I think there's a ton of talent on the team. I think the vibes are way better than they were last season for obvious reasons. And I think uh, another year of development for our guy, Austin Reeves, is going to pay dividends. Love Torian Prince. I just love what they did kind of um, you know, on the edges of this this lineup going into this upcoming season. I don't know how much we need to talk about the Nuggets. I just I feel like they're there. They're they've got the 
best player in the world and Nikola Jokic. Um, we've talked about how we expect Jamal Murray to have a breakout regular season and make his first all-star team. I think this team is going to be the best team in the West regular season wise, record wise. Um, so yeah, I don't, do you guys want to jump into over-unders? You guys ready? Well, let me yeah. just say something real quick when it comes to the tier, which I think, because I think regular season success very well could play very strongly into the play up the, the postseason success of these teams, because there's three of them. What that means is that one of them, assuming they have, assuming they have the three best records in the West, which isn't necessarily an assumption to make, but it, I think it's likely um, one of them gets to play a team that is not one of the other two in the second round. Um, and I am going to say the Warriors. So, but it might be the Warriors. Yeah. So I mean, um, I'll, I'm gonna, and I guess I'm just going Homer right now. I think of these three teams, the Lakers might be, depending on health, might be the best equipped uh, to be the best regular season team um, with all the depth. I mean, they have guys that can go off every night. Rui can go off every night. He's like they're, you know, probably going to come off the bench. D'Angelo Russell can win you a game on a random Tuesday in December. Reeves can do the same. Obviously, LeBron and AD. Um, so I think they might be best equipped to win the most regular season games. Uh, and that's not even accounting for the possible leap of Max Christie. So if they get the number one seed, that puts them in a really nice position to only have to beat one of these teams. That's a very good point. Uh, I still got to lean Nuggets on the regular season because their their offense is just so good and fully loaded. Fully loaded nachos that team's got going on over there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just eat all the fully loaded ones. Uh, and one final note, one guy I'm not sleeping on from these three teams this year, speaking to the Suns defense, Josh Okogie. I think he could be a very essential piece for them. Some good stuff coming out about him, but of course, who really knows if the preseason hype is real? All right, over unders, we have the Lakers at forty-seven and a half. What are you guys doing? Over. Uh, over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm. I'm also over a little bit. Uh, I think that was a little bit too low, especially with the with the Warriors being so high. Uh, the Suns, our number two team, at fifty-one and a half. What do you have? I'm going slight under on the Suns regular season. Very slight under. I think they're still 50 wins. Yeah, I agree. I have them at a pretty solid under. I have them three and a half wins below that. Uh, I think the regular season is going to be slower for them, kind of like when the, the Heatles joined up. Last, the Nuggets at 52 and a half. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I messed up. I messed up. They're, it's 51 and a half. So I yeah. actually calculated the math-wise at 52. So over. My bad. <laughs> Boom. Dan had them over as well. So Jason and Dan together. Nice. And the Nuggets at 52 and a half. I'm going slight over on the Nuggies. I'm going slight under. I think the depth issues are could be a problem in the regular season. And they they're they're they it could go one of two ways. Winning the championship can uh can give you confidence um that you in swagger that you take in season or you, they could take their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, and I think that the change in the supporting cast and, and that possibility makes me go barely under simply because I think the West is going to be this good. I have the nuggets slightly under at 52 wins. I think it's going to be hard. We're going to be hard pressed to see a team win 54, 55 and above in the West. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up with a quick 
mud pie moment from me since I did not get to share a mud pie moment last week because my internet completely crapped out. I thought that I would have a different mud pie moment this week, but unfortunately this just continues to be uh, maybe the dominating headline week to week. And that is James Harden and Daryl Morey. Okay, can we just be done with this, please? I'm so over the drama, uh, the posturing going on on both sides. Um, I do want to sprinkle in a little bit of uh, Clippers into this as well, though. The, just the report that the Clippers already offered one unprotected like 2029 or 2030 pick for Harden. I, maybe I'm completely just too far out on James Harden, but I do not understand why you would include all the stuff that they're talking about, including to go get him, especially when, you know, if they have playoff hopes, it's not like this guy is a world beater in the playoffs. He's shown it year after year after year. Um, I think fit wise, you know, it makes sense for the team, but just again, the drama between Daryl and James, James coming out this week, basically saying like, Oh, you know, this relationship is like a marriage and it's been strained and Daryl lied. And if Daryl really did tell him that he was going to, give him a max contract and then pull back on that. It's a really bad look for our guy, Daryl Morey. Um, And then on the flip side, Daryl coming out and basically saying through the media, we're not trading James unless we can get a star back. Like, I don't, I don't know what kind of leverage you think you have, dude, but there is absolutely no way that's going to happen after people have watched this whole thing unfold and watched James Harden quit on not one, not two, but three different teams over the last three to four years. So Daryl Morey, James Harden, this relationship, your mud pie moment of the week. Totally, totally agree. But I have two gripes. One, we can never call Daryl Morey our guy. I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> that was pure Definitely sarcasm. Not. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Gen- <laughs> Genius club president, Daryl Morey. Uh, the other one, not so much as a gripe, but I actually, if I were the Clippers, I would give up a first-round pick to get James Harden. Just because I think they've been stuck in the mud for so long. They need something to pull them out of it. And it would make them much better in the regular season, as you said. James Harden is not a world beater. Definitely agree. But, you know, who is a world beater in the playoffs? Kawhi Leonard. And I think that could maybe counteract the James Harden effect a little bit. Uh, when you're able to pair these three guys together whose skill sets are so seamless, I think you, you do what you have to do to, to, make, to get it done. Uh, I would not go above one first-round pick, uh, but I think the upgrade from Norm Powell to James Harden is significant enough that I would, I would throw in a pick. Plus, I know Jason, I would, would, Jason would love to see Westbrook and James Harden play together <sighs> again, right? Right, Jay? I mean, honestly, I kind of would. Like... <laughs> I, in a I, twisted way. I, I, in in a twisted, like, I kind of want the Clippers to be a car wreck uh, way. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, I just, you know how I was always talking about Dame in Portland being like, uh, we were hoping for it to be like a good breakup where we could just be happy for both of them and then they just move on. The, J, Harden and Maury is like that couple where we're like, Break up because we hate both of you, and you're bo- <laughs> and we are worse together than you are apart. Let's, like, we're not going to be happy for either of you, but we're just done with this relationship. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it anymore. Amen. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, another amazing episode. 
boys. Uh, great work on the Western Conference over under Zach. Thanks for all your work on the uh, the power rankings. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk a little preseason awards, right? Prep for the the new season. I think that's Let's the go. plan. Can't wait, man. We'll have some Let's more good this. stuff coming. So yeah, great great work, Zach. Seriously, you you carried the weight on a very important pod. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get these power rankings up on our new website within at least a couple of weeks. Here, I got an article ready to post as soon as we get the Ooh, website up. Okay, we're also going to be posting at some point. Who knows when? Whenever it can get up there, our own NBA top fifty as a way to counter ESPN's top one hundred or whatever it's called. Thank goodness the world <laughs> so needs bad. it. Their yeah. rankings are so bad faith. I, I, I can't even can't even talk about it. Agreed. Terrible. Agreed. All right, boys, I gotta jump. Talk to you next week. Bye.